For generations in the United States and in most Western cultures, we have outsourced 90% of the training of our children. We send our kids to Sunday school so they can be trained in the Bible. We send them to public or Christian school for their academic training. And then we get them for breakfast and dinner to begin and end the day. No wonder we're losing our kids. Today, I'm going to be talking about why this has to change. This is your chance to be informed and get off the bench. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Well, hey, everybody. As you can see, if you're watching this from Rumble or YouTube or Spotify, I am coming to you from a hotel room here in Asheville, North Carolina. Some of you heard my podcast yesterday was a repeat, and that's because the one that I had pre-recorded for you had the sound stripped out of it for some reason. And so uh, I saw, I'm sorry about that. I apologize. But I'm coming to you right uh, from my room here in Asheville, and I'm really excited to be here. We are at an incredible a retreat center here for the HSLDA National Leaders Conference, and it's gorgeous. And so we're enjoying our time here. I spent a little bit of time this morning doing an interview for Real America's Voice. I hope you guys get a chance to watch that interview. Uh, The fact of the matter is people are paying attention to the fact that we're losing our children. We're losing our kids to the culture. Uh, There was an article just a couple of days ago about a child who was injured in daycare when it was discovered that the, uh, the teachers in his daycare were selling narcotics. And these little kids, the narcotics, the fentanyl, right, stored on top of some exercise mass. These kids got a hold of them. And one child died and several other children were seriously injured. And I have to ask myself, why are we sending our kids to daycare? It literally makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, Sometimes on my way to the homeschool resource center, I stop off to get a cup of coffee and it's right next door to an institutionalized daycare center. And I see dozens and dozens of little kids being dropped off there every day. And I think to myself, what have we done in this country where we have decided that making we've we've made it so so impossible to make a living. We've made it so difficult for mothers to stay home with their children. Do you guys realize that in the 1940s and the 1950s, uh, mothers routinely stayed home with their children, and it wasn't a burden. Dad went to work, mom stayed home, uh, dad came home to a, a home cooked meal. I never really understood. I mean, I was a stay at home mom for a long time. I worked nights. I worked nights uh, at a hospital in Portland and then at a a pediatric clinic for a long, long time. So I've always been uh, a bit of a working mother. There were seasons that I didn't have to work outside our home. Uh, Sometimes I sold Tupperware. I did all kinds of things to help uh, bring income in for our family during the years that Jay and I were adding children to our family. But I remember very clearly thinking, uh, Jay and I, you know, early on in our marriage made this decision to not outsource the parenting of our children. And in a lot of ways, that meant we made great sacrifices, right? So Jay would come home from work at the church, and I would say, hey, there's a lasagna in the oven, and I've done uh, schoolwork with the kids, and they're going to have to – they need to be in bed by 8, whatever. I'll see you when I get home from work at 1130. And we did that for a long, long time. And as I'm surveying the landscape right now, I got to tell you – uh, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, A, that our country is so economically upside down. And it breaks my heart, too, that we think, uh, and this is absolutely true in Western civilization, that we need all of these uh, creature comforts, right? We got to have you know two really nice cars. We want to live in a really nice house. 
And even that has become out of reach now. And as I look back to my grandmother's era uh, growing up, they didn't have a lot. They were thankful for what they had, but you could own a home on one income. It's very hard right now to own a home even on two incomes, right? Uh, the the interest rates, we just heard the federal government the other day say that the interest rates were going to be uh, possibly going up again until they get a handle on inflation. Well, here's how you get a handle on inflation. A, you replace the president of the United States. Let's start there. And then B, we get back to common sense economic policy again. All of these things have added to the angst of the American people with regard to how difficult it is to raise a family on a single income now. But more important than that is that we have decided in this country that it's okay to outsource the parenting of our children, and we have got to stop doing it. I've been uh, thinking a lot about this because the Bible has quite a bit to say about how parents should teach their children. Obviously, you know, Deuteronomy 6, when you rise up, when you walk along the road, uh, Proverbs 1 through 9, we're told in Proverbs 23 that we're to discipline our children. Psalm 127 says that we're to be thankful for our children. Uh, there's a countercultural idea right now. Most people aren't thankful for children. A lot of young couples waiting longer and longer to have children. And I'm like, listen, I look back over my life. I still hope, you know, my husband and I, that we've got quite a few uh, good years left that we can enjoy our family and enjoy our children's children. But the best thing about our lives, hands down, bar none, is our children. And yet we're hearing from a generation who's like, I'm not having children, or I'm going to wait till I'm, you know, 35 years old or 40 before we start having a family. And we don't value family anymore. We don't value children. But God's word says otherwise. We're to be thankful for children. The Bible teaches us that children are a gift from the Lord. They're a blessing from him. There are a lot of people, I mean, talk to an infertile couple if you want to if you want to understand uh, the blessing of children, and they'll tell you, man, by the time we realized that uh, we couldn't have children of our own, all of a sudden it becomes, it becomes, uh, it, it's shaped differently in your mind. You realize, wow, the Bible was right. Children really are a blessing, but we see them in this country as a burden. We see them as an economic burden. We see them as a burden on our time. This is counter to what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter six tells us not to exasperate our children. And we are supposed to be, as parents, uh, setting the groundwork for our children so that they can one day have healthy families, they can engage in the culture and have access to the wisdom that comes from the spirit of the living God. And listen, you guys can't do that with a, without a whole lot of trial and error. And I think we've done a lot of trial and error in this country, but I'll tell you what, we have got to stop outsourcing the education and the parenting of our children. If you think about it, the schools are getting your kids for the best hours of the day. So not only are they being exposed to every kind of evil under the sun, your children are being told that they can be a narwhal whale on Friday if they want to be. And there's 400 genders and biology isn't real. And the more I see more and more people, you know, on Instagram, you know, these are my pronouns, my pronouns are she, her, and hers. This is stupid. This is stupidity. And yet this is what we're teaching our children. This is what they're coming home with from school at the end of the day. And you get them just in time to give them, uh, you know, a mediocre lunch that they can take to school. And then you get them at the end of the day when they're tired and their teachers have gotten the best of that what they had to offer. And then we we sit down, you know, with our TV dinners around the TV, or worse yet, we don't sit down and have dinner at all. And then our kids go to bed and we get up the next day and we start all over again. And then Sunday, if we do send our kids, if we do go to church as a family, oftentimes our kids are down in a youth group where they're not learning the first thing about what it means to walk with the Lord. And parents go, okay, I've checked that off my list. 
my kids have gone to church. My kids have gotten reading, writing, and arithmetic, which we know that that's not even happening in the public schools anymore. And I think, you guys, honestly, not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, the same danger is lurking for parents who send their kids to Christian school because you drop them off at the school and you just think, I'll wash my hands of this thing. We're done for the day. And uh, teacher so-and-so can take it from here. That is not what God says is your responsibility. Our responsibility is to teach our children and train them when we rise up, when we sit down, when we walk along the road. Parents are supposed to be the primary educators in the lives of their children. Children learn more from who you are, mom and dad, than from anything that they will ever hear in school. Parents are supposed to set the tone for their children. We're the ones who are supposed to be saying what is right and what is wrong. We're supposed to be pouring into the lives of our children. Billy Graham said that a child who's allowed to be disrespectful to his parents will not have true respect for anyone. And boy, all you got to do is uh, turn on the interwebs right now, and you can see this all over social media. Parents no longer demand respect from their children, and many times they're not worthy of respect, right? Because we don't live a life that's worthy of patterning after. And uh, I'm going to be talking about this in the in the days to come, but I believe, and it's not for today's podcast, but it just reminds me how badly we need to return to statesmanship in this country. There's no decorum, right? We're, we're watching, you know, uh, they're suspending the rules in the Senate so that John Fetterman can basically come to the House floor or to the Senate floor in his pajamas. It's ridiculous. There's no respect anymore in the in the culture. We don't treat each other with respect. We drop our kids off at school. We let somebody else train them. And then we drop our kids off at church and we hope the youth pastor does a good job. We need to start taking responsibility for our children. And I believe this is a large part of why we're suffering in Western culture right now, because we have outsourced the training and teaching of our children to other people. The Bible teaches us in Luke 640 that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. Well, I would venture to guess that most of us do not know who's teaching our children. We don't, we don't know what their home, like, home lives are like. We don't know what they really believe. But yet we're leaving our children whose minds are impressionable. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. And believe me when I say, this does not exclude teachers. If your children are in the company of teachers who have a radical ideology or who do not know the Lord or who would send, who would teach your child that they're just nothing more than some primordial ooze that evolved from some amoeba in a swamp somewhere, no wonder our children act like animals when their teachers are telling them you're nothing more than an evolved form of an animal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A recent study reveals that 33% of college students prefer to live in a socialist system of government rather than a capitalist one. We clearly need a course that challenges today's high school students to think about whether the founding ideals of this country are worth preserving and then inspires them to act upon their conclusion. Introducing American Civics, a 30-week high school course written by gifted constitutional attorney Michael Ferris. In American Civics, Mr. Ferris will guide your student to a deeper understanding of America's founding principles, the mechanics of government and lawmaking, and the Constitution that makes our system of government possible. 
If you want to help preserve freedom in America, enroll your student in this 30-week full-credit self-directed course at lumen.com and use the coupon code Heidi for 10% off today. That's L-U-M-I-N-N.com. This is our responsibility. This is our time. We are the ones who are supposed to be in charge of the education of our children. And the outsourcing that we have engaged in in this country and in most Western civilization, most Western cultures now, for generations, we're reaping now what we've been sowing. You sow wind, you reap a storm. And we are reaping a storm. These young people that are rioting on the streets, these young people that are telling you that there's 400 genders, these young men and women whose lives have been forever altered, their minds have been forever changed. I saw an interview from a, a man who thinks he's a woman, right? He uses the pronouns like they, them, or some ridiculous thing. By the way, it's plural. No one, no one ever bothered to say that to him. These are plural pronouns. And when the uh, reporter was saying, you know, well, where do you know, what's your name? You know what he said? He said, I am Legion. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. The transgender movement is demonic. It's demonic from sunup to sundown. Where are the kids getting this? They're getting it from the National Education Association. Where is the National Education Association? It's in our schools. Sunup to sundown. 24 hours a day, these people are working to injure your child. Take your children back. They belong to the Lord of Heaven's armies first, and then they've been given to their to their parents. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up your children in the way that they should go. And then even when they're old, they won't depart from it. Now, some people will say, well, that's not true. Uh, I trained my child up in the Bible, and I gave my kid a, a, a great education, and they still walked away from the Lord. Keep in mind, this is a proverb, not a promise. It's a generalization. It's generally true. We raise up our children in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Do some kids depart? Yes. But it's a general truth that most children that have been raised in an environment where they're taught to honor their parents and honor the Lord will not depart from the teaching of their parents. This is our job. It's what we're supposed to do. And as we look around the culture and we realize that our children are departing, we have to wonder, have we been training them up in the way that they should go? The Bible teaches us it's our responsibility. Now, you can mess it up. I got a, a an email or a message, I guess, at a Mailbox Monday the other day from a woman who was asking me what I thought about a parenting course called Growing Kids God's Way. And I got to tell you guys, you know, I, I have probably earned in my life the, uh, a little bit of a reputation for being a truth teller, for just telling it like it is. And I will tell you like it is. And sometimes I say it wrong. Sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I have to come back and go, gosh, man, you guys, I got it wrong. Well, years ago, my husband and I took the Growing Kids God's Way course. I mean, this would have been early on in the 90s. And like I told you guys, I did not grow up seeing parenting modeled very well for me. Um, my parents had a r ridiculous relationship. Uh, our home was very dysfunctional. I mean, from sunup to sundown, our home was dysfunctional. I think that my parents loved me, but there was so much dysfunction in our home that it was a very unhealthy environment. And so when I had children of my own, I was looking for anything to tell me how to raise my children. I did not have confidence. I didn't think that I was going to be able to uh, give them a home that I really wanted, desperately wanted for them to have. And so I turned to parenting books and parenting curriculum, and we got invited to Growing Kids God's Way. Well, I'll tell you, 
uh, here's there's there are some things in growing kids God's way that I absolutely liked. First time obedience was was something that I took away that I thought this was really really important that you that you train your children to listen to the sound of your voice. So those little Johnny runs out into the street and Mama says stop. Then little Johnny, who's been trained that if he doesn't listen to the sound of his mother's voice, there is a consequence. Instead of getting hit by a car, he's going to stop. Right? We want our children to obey uh, as as quickly as possible for so many reasons. The problem with formulaic parenting and growing kids God's way is a formula. The problem with that is that when my friend Steve Lambert always says, when you got formulas, you got witchcraft, and there is no formula. We're to train our children in the way that they should go. All seven of my children are very different in personality, very different in temperament. They have different strengths and different weaknesses. And I'm here to tell you right now that you cannot uh, rely on just one book, the fruit of growing kids God's way, in many respects, was very, very legalistic. And what I watched was parents were, you know, yardsticking other parents. Well, your child didn't sit still in church, and your child, you know, this, and my child that. And pretty soon, the parenting became more about what other parents thought about my parenting rather than the fruit that I was seeing in my own child. This is absolutely true of uh, Bill Gothard, you know, and the uh, Institute for Basic Life Principles, which I have pretty much zero respect for, having grown up in that myself. This was very legalistic parenting. You guys, you can't institute rules with your children without relationship. I watched people, quote unquote, sleep train their children in the 90s. And these moms, you know, here's a little baby and she's crying. And the mother's instinct is to pick her up. But the book said, you know, Gary Ezzo said, nope, that's a, this is time for your child to be, you know, alone or whatever. And so you put your child in a car seat and you face them toward the wall and they just learn to deal with it. Well, I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. We cannot outsource our parenting to a parenting program. We got to be listening to the Lord because each one of us has different children with different strengths and different weaknesses. And so that is that's my issue with these parenting programs. Uh, I don't like I don't like someone to come along and say here is the here's the the perfect formula. Colossians 3:21 says don't provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Well, a little baby that you've just turned to face the wall so they can cry it out might become discouraged. You think, well, uh, I'm just trying to train them. We've got to be listening for the Holy Spirit so that we make wise decisions, right? Uh, the Bible teaches us in Psalm 127 that children are a gift from the Lord. And if you knew that you'd been given a good gift, wouldn't you treat that gift with respect? Wouldn't you treat that child with kindness? Wouldn't you say, Father, thank you so much for this little one? Um, I'm I'm super excited for uh, the grandchildren that are going to come into my family in the years to come. Uh, our oldest grandson just turned 10. I can't even believe it. That's halfway to 20, you guys. I have a, a 10-year-old grandson. And I, I think often to myself how quickly it goes by. Don't waste the opportunity to sow into the lives of your children. I can look back over many, many years of parenting now, and I think about things that I have said to my children that I wished I hadn't said. Like one of the things I said repeatedly uh, to my kids because I thought it was kinder than me saying, I'm mad at you, was to say, that's discouraging to me. Well, after a while, I don't know who it was, but one of my kids said to me, "Would you? that's discouraging to me. You're always telling me how I'm discouraging you. And I didn't realize how I was coming across to my children. I want my kids to know how much I love them. I want them to know how much I love being their mother and how I will never, ever, ever stop contending for them in the heavenlies. Until the Lord takes me home, my children have a mother who is praying for them. I recognize my responsibility before the Lord, and I am so thankful 
that for for all the years uh, that I did not understand the importance of education, for the Lord to show me the error in my thinking and correct it while my children were still young. If you're listening to this today and your heart is is um, racing and you're thinking, I wonder if there's more to this parenting thing than just dropping my kids off at school and dropping my kids off at church, I'm here to tell you there is so much more. There's so much more. Parenting is an adventure. And you only get a limited amount of years to pour into the lives of your children. There's something precious and almost magical about holding an infant in your arms and realizing that you get to shape the heart and mind of that little person for eternity to have them walk in right relationship with the Lord. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. So um, I, I want you to be encouraged today. I don't believe that there is any parenting book on the planet. And you guys, I'm a huge, I'm a super fan, actually. My favorite parenting book that I've ever read uh, was called Age of Opportunity. I think it's by uh, by Tripp. I think it's Paul David Tripp. I liked it because he focused on the heart. But all these other parenting manuals, uh, I I saw very little benefit, honestly, in growing kids God's way, except for the first time obedience thing. I did like that. But so much of what we learn in these programs is formulaic parenting. And when we rely on the formula, we stop relying on the Lord. And so that's my encouragement for you today. Don't outsource the parenting of your children. Don't outsource the spiritual formation of your children. I'm not saying that Sunday school is bad. I'm just saying if you think that is doing the job, you don't understand the stakes. The stakes are so much higher than one hour, one day a week in a Sunday school class that's given mediocre spiritual formation to your children can ever overcome. And so once we realize that, I believe it's a game changer, and I think we're going to see good things for our children. One day, you guys, your kids are going to be walking in your shoes. Make sure they're pointed in the right direction. That's all I've got time for today. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed this show right here from Asheville, North Carolina, and I'll see you back here on Monday for Mailbox Money. Thank you so much for leaving reviews, and if you have a copy of MomStrong 365, could you guys do me the biggest favor in the whole wide world and hop on over to Amazon and start leaving reviews for that? It's a brand new book, and we could use some reviews for that book over at Amazon. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you right here on Tuesday if you're part of my women's Bible study on the book of Revelation. We're just getting started this Monday night, Monday the 25th. If you're anywhere in the Vancouver, Washington area, I will be teaching that in person. You can find out more at my Facebook page and also at momstronginternational.com or faiththatspeaks.com. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. We're going to be filming that, serio- that series and you can be part of that by just coming to the in-person study, which starts 7 p.m. this Monday, the 25th. Great day, everybody, and I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith 